Well, hello. This is B, and I am starting this podcast, the first one, first episode, and I am doing it while driving, if I like to multitask. My name is B, which is a play on the letter B and the French word we, which is yes. And if you take the last two letters of we, U-I, and put it with a B, you get B. Just a uh, goofy way to spell the letter B. So that's me. This podcast is meant to be a sort of opportunity to tell stories, ideas about life, labor, and love. And why I'm doing this is because I don't have anything else to do. So this is, I'm coming to you in April of 2020, and we are in the middle of the COVID-19, also known as coronavirus pandemic, and so we are ordered to stay at home, don't report to work, work remotely, and restaurants are closed, bars are closed, anything fun, can't get a haircut, nothing. So no one knows what the fuck to do. So, something I've always found interesting, thanks to my good friends, is this idea of podcasting, and so what better time than now? So, here we are. The reason I call it Life, Labor, and Love is I think it's really interesting to reflect on life, and that's what this will be about, and it's my reflections and stories and ideas, and maybe some of you listeners who want to be on the podcast, that we can have a episode, and we reflect on these things together, and ponder and wonder about our lives. Labor, well, labor is work, and Labor is really a function of our lives, but it's kind of its own special category, so I put it there as its own thing. We all, many of us, hopefully, we have some type of labor, and a lot of fascinating things happen at our labor. A lot of laborious things happen at our labor, and everything in between. So, labor is interesting to me. And then, of course, love. We love love, we hate love, we love to hate love, we hate to love hate, we we do, we love so um, we have to talk about love and relationships and it's such an integral part of being a human so that is what this podcast will be about and so for the first episode I would think nothing, it would be nothing better than to start with talking about love and my love interests. So, a little bit about me. I am an African-American male who lives in the Midwest, and I have a daughter. I am going through a divorce after eight years, and I work in education, I'm in my late 30s, and as I, obviously, my wife and I uh, were not growing together, we were growing apart for a number of reasons. Um, but uh, one of them is just that I'm not always attracted to women. And I'm not always attracted to men either. So call me what you want. 
I'm not a big fan of labels. I think labels get you into trouble all the time. Um, but we like to label everything in our society. But I don't, so I'm not. So anyway, there it is. I like women sometimes. I like men probably more than sometimes. And so here we are. So as our marriage was diminishing and getting to the place it is now, which we've been separated now for over a year as as we maneuver through paperwork. But of course, thanks to the pandemic, uh, we can't meet anymore. So that's a little, that's on hold too. You're not allowed to divorce, stay at home. So that's where we are. Um, In the meantime, of course, I need to find love or not need to, want to, would like to, would enjoy the opportunity to experience love. And that's what this first story is about. My love interest, who I will not use names in this podcast. I'll use pseudonyms or just no names at all, just to protect the pure. So this was December of 2018, late, late, late December, day after Christmas. Um, What do you want to do after the day after Christmas? Get the fuck out of your house because, you know, your kids, your spouse, the tree, the lights. Uh, I'm in education, so I've been off work for maybe a couple days. All the hoopla is finally over. Um, okay, got to get out. Enough of this. Enough. Back to, back to Meville. Me, 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 me. What about me? So, I had arranged to meet with a colleague, which is our custom every year. We meet usually somewhere around some, a few days after Christmas, somewhere over our break, and we um, talk about the first part of our work year, how it went, goals for the next part of our work year. And we usually do this at a nice, at a restaurant. We have dinner and some drinks and works out very nicely. So that's what we did. And we did all those things, talked about the year, dinner, drinks. It was great. A great, great night. Probably a good four to five hours was with her. And you know, that's probably five beers for me, five, six beers. And we are, you know, it's time to go. Good, good time. And now what? Well, I get a message from a very good friend from high school. And he and I had not really caught up recently. And we, he talked to me to say, hey, what are you doing? And what do you, um, you know, we should we should catch up. I was like, yeah, I'm a noun guy, by the way. You'll learn that. I'm a, it's always now for me. And so I was like, yeah, what about now? What are you doing? And he's like, well, nothing. Uh, he's got some wives and kids, but he was free this day, which was odd. We Usually it's really hard to get him. So we ended up meeting up a few blocks over from where I was already, So it was great. I just had to basically walk. Of course, I drove. I always drive. But uh, I could have walked. And it was a game, football game on. We were watching some sports. And we had a great conversation caught up on life. And, you know, I was actually telling him how, you know, things were were sort of growing growing apart with me and my wife. And and I don't know how much longer uh, this is going to go on uh, the way that it is. And so he, being married himself too, you know, we sort of talked about that, gave advice, but um, I was, I knew where I was on this. So we were, we're kind of past the advice stage, you know, we, we've done that. So we had a great time. I had a few more beers and it's probably about 11 o'clock now, 11, 1130. And what do you do at 11.30 after about seven beers in? 
on probably was a Tuesday night, go to another bar. So I'm walking to my car and actually thinking I probably should go home. But, you know, I pass a bar that had those, you know, rainbow colors and things. And I was like, uh, I'm going to go in here just to see who's around. I'm going on a weekday, so you know it's it's kind of like Jack in the Box or Captain Jack. Jack, yeah, it's a Jack thing. But the, the thing where you, the popcorn and you get the prize, um, this is, and you don't know what it is. So that's kind of what this is. So you go in, you go into your, you know, favorite bar on a Tuesday and you might not like it, it may be the one because it's random and I and I like those kinds so let me preface that I don't want just the the normal I'm not looking for just the normal the normal one I'm looking for um, something different so anyway I go in Tuesday night close to midnight and uh, I not too many people in there. Obviously, I go to the bar to get my slow down drink. When you're shifting into low gear, that is called a Heineken. Um, it is glorified water to me, so that's what I drink when I need to keep drinking, but not maybe as intensely. So I shift it down a gear to Heineken, and. This bartender was incredibly slow, so I just was waiting and waiting and waiting. And while I'm waiting, I notice out of the corner of my eye to the right, there was these piercing blue eyes. And I love blue eyes, so it gets me every time. And these were some uh, intense ones, very, like, they look into your soul kind of eyes. And I was like, wow, okay. But clearly not looking at me. So I ignore it, waiting on my Heineken, wait, 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 tick, 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 tick. And no Heineken, and blue eyes still looking at me. Okay, so then I say, what's happening? Not looking at me. No way. So, ignore again. Back to the bartender. Hey, where's the Heineken? Tick, 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 tick. No Heineken. Blue eyes still looking at me. All right. It's clear that the blue eyes are looking at me, and I cannot accept that because this guy is exactly what I'm looking for. And I'm thinking, there's no way that my dreams are coming true off of this random Tuesday night. Not happening. So I ignored him. Finally got my hand again, went to the other side of the bar, clear away from him, drink my Heineken, sat down, as soon as I sat down, piercing blue eyes, dead at me, all the way across to the other side of the, across the bar, and, okay, so then I said, all right, he's looking at me, all right, it's on now, and so I went over to his side, sat down next to him, and started a conversation. He was already talking to some goon, but I didn't care, obviously. He wanted me, so I'm like, hey, what's up? And we're talking, and the goon just keeps talking to us. And I'm like, well, that's this isn't going to work because you need to be paying attention to me. So I said, all right, you want to go somewhere else? He says, yes. So we did. 
and we went to this other bar a couple blocks over. I think we had some, like, pretzels. You know, that's the other thing you do. Want to soak up the beer or whatever they say. Trying to slow it down even more. We had some uh, stuff, but they were closing down. Almost like 1 o'clock. So we closed that place down. And we went to another place, but then had a few more beers. So we keep sort of counteracting our strategies. And we had talked, had some beers, closed them down. Now it's like 2.30. Now the whole the whole story is over. The whole, the whole city shut down. So he uh, drives me to my car and says, uh, well, you know, we had a good had a good time and we had a good conversation and I said yeah me too and I didn't know what to do because we're all idiots when it comes to this and we're and we're like little children and we're scared so me too and he says so do you want my number and I was like oh my gosh yes I do So he gave me his number, and there it was. Uh, That was the story of my man, who's not my man. Um, He's something in the middle right now, but I call him my man. And uh, there will be more episodes about him, but um, there it is. A little bit about me and love, and uh, that was uh, our first episode of Life, Labor, and Love. Well, it's uh, a little after... 11 o'clock on a Sunday, a sad Sunday, as they are always, night, 11 o'clock p.m., April 19th, six weeks into this virus, and... Tonight, it's it's about relationships, and I've, I don't know where I'm at, uh, but it is a good feeling, and yet it's a very hopeful feeling. And so, you hang in there for another day, day in and day out with this relationships stuff, because it's shitty and then it's awesome all the time. And you you take the shitty because you look forward to the awesome. And you... And when it's awesome, you stick with it. Because you want more awesome, but then it gets shitty. But you remember the awesome. And so you hold on. Because the awesome felt good. And you hold on, and you hold on. And the awesome comes back. And then you try to play that awesome out. And then it's shitty again. That's the game. So I'm uh, smoking a cigar and drinking some bourbon, which is nice. 
maybe my my new my new deal here. So it's gonna be a little little bit of a somber episode. I'm gonna take you down some pathways, six pathways, six guys. Hopeful and shittiness. All in one. And at the end, I don't have any answers. Um, Maybe you do. So, here goes. No names, but uh, they're characters. We got characters. They are a Southern Democrat, the Southern Republican, the granola, the narcissist, yo coach, and black girl. So, so we'll talk about them in no particular order. See if there's any sense that comes out of this when it's all over. So let's start with black girl. Black girl, obviously, is not a girl or black. It's a white boy. But uh, but black girl grew up in a kind of a low-income neighborhood in, in my city. Low-income whites. So, uh, so he has that kind of mentality. Um... Uh, the black girl got out of the white ghetto and is making a lot for himself. He's got a good job. He's got a good apartment. Makes good money. He's got a college degree. He's really trying. The black girl uh, had a previous relationship and uh, it went, uh, it went south, obviously, and uh, previous boyfriend died. A black girl really loved him and uh, still has a little bit of, of that with him, but that doesn't have anything to do really with, with me. Black girl uh, is into me big time. Black girl, uh, I've known black girl for about uh, four or five days now. and uh, He's uh, given me gifts, uh, bought me dinner, or you know, DoorDash a couple times. Uh, I show a black girl around the city and places in Cincinnati. He doesn't know much. He doesn't know much about the city, but uh, he's very sweet. Very, very sweet. He's very, very kind to me. He's very into me. It is a little much for me. He's got a lot of emotion. And he's got some moodiness, but he knows it and he tries. But uh, his black girl, why I call him black girl, is he still got, he still has that, uh, that kind of ghetto stuff in him. And, and I just don't jive with that too well, even if it's joking and flippant. I just don't drive with it. So I don't know. Uh, Black girl likes to refer to me as his ex-husband already. Because he sets himself up 
he's a pessimist. So he he's uh, preparing himself for the moment when I pull away. So it's sad, but uh, I get it. He's trying to protect himself. He's been hurt. Her. Feels like he has no one. All his family, are they're still back in the old neighborhood. And they look at him as, you know, the bougie one that got out. And they don't want to have any parts of that. Of course, uh, I'm sort of like that. But I don't have any... I don't have any care for what anyone else thinks about that. I think that uh, they should want to be where I'm at, and if they're not, that's on them. So it doesn't bother me. But but black girls got some siblings, and you know I think that's that wears on him. The old coach, the old coach is. Uh, uh, his profession is he's a he's a college athletics coach, <clears throat> and he's he's in his upper forties. Um, he's really into me, but old coach found himself a, a boyfriend online, and uh, they seem to be getting along. But I know, oh, coach, he's he still has a thing for me. And he's talked about some kind of an open relationship type of thing. And that's not really my speed. Uh, his boyfriend is African, and I don't have any interest in anything like that. Nice guy. I met him. But uh, I'm not for that. And an old coach, I'm not really in. I'm not into as much. Um, just like black girl, there's some uh, there's some there's some attractive qualities, and then there's some things that are uh, not attractive to me. And uh, those are enough to mean that it's not going to work. Same with old coach. It's just. Not quite my type, but uh, good guy. You know, he was. I've been to go to his house and we play games and watch movies and have good conversation. Uh, old coach likes to. He likes to make drinks. That's his thing. Um, he can be a little moody too, but uh, not too bad. He's a good guy, probably be a good friend for a long time, perhaps. And um, so, yeah. Then there's uh, the Southern Democrat. This one, this one is a little bit of a wild card. The Southern Democrat, we uh, we met um, back in October of uh, nineteen. Wow, that was a that was a while ago, and uh, as I met old coach back in uh, August nineteen, and Uh, when I realized old coach wasn't the one, I, uh, I, I met uh, the Southern Democrat, and we had we we had this dinner in this really historic town, and it's very picturesque. He's got a amazing accent, very southern, very much, very southern acting very sweet 
Very sweet. Very together. He's got it all together. It's where he got a nice place. He's got a good job for many years. He's got a tremendous amount of friends. A very healthy, emotional guy. The Southern Democrat is is about is about as it it's real getting real. It could be really close with Southern Democrat with uh, being the one. Actually, um, the one issue is he's a a bit of a homebody. He isn't going to leave the South or his job or his house or his friends, but is very open to me to join all of that. And I don't know if that's what I want to do. He doesn't want kids, and uh, but I, but he's he is very open-minded, and he seems to have the ability to to adapt. He's so positive. He's so positive. Um, we spent a couple months making treks back and forth uh, between uh, my city and his city. He'd stay at my place, I'd stay at his. He's a uh, He's a wild card, Southern Democrat. So, the next group is uh, the ones that I think I can't get. And so, of course, they appear to be, or they seem to be the ones that I want the most. And I don't know what that is. So, well, there's granola, and granola, granola, uh, in other episodes, is referred to as special friend, um, granola was the first, I met granola in December of 18. And he was the one that brought me to the point of being able to leave my life. And perhaps for that, Granola has a special place that no other man will ever be able to be BN. I've spent the most time with granola than I've spent the most mental and emotional energy on granola. We've done a lot of things since 18. But granola just won't budge. He maintains that he enjoys me, enjoys our friendship, he enjoys spending time. He has no interest to return us our city. He's never said that he's not interested in a relationship, but he tends to come up with reasons why it wouldn't work anyway and he's short on words short on texts short on calls 
yet appears to always be there when I need him. But as he told me the night that I met him, that he's he's cagey. That was his word. I don't really know what it means, but I think I'm learning. He just won't let anyone in. And I don't know why, so most recently I, you know, Granola is out of the country currently, and I sent him a package very creatively put together package, and he uh, just got it this weekend, and he sent me two texts, one to tell me how insane the package was, one sentence, and the other sentence, a day later, he told me that this was a very creative and appreciative gift. Sentence number two. I responded with the letter K. Because I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted with it. I've put so much of my energy in him. But because I wanted to, because he means that much to me. And I just don't, I can't comprehend how you, you can't get more out of that. How you can't get a better return if I think of it as a business transaction. Can't get a better return on that investment. So in the business world, I guess when you dump a bunch of money into something and you don't get anything out of it, it's it's, it's called a, a money pit, and it's usually an indication that it's a it's a bad asset. So maybe maybe that's my lesson. Along the same lines as Southern Republican. Southern Republican is very recent. I met Southern Republican and, and Black Girl on the same day, thanks to a nice dating app. And um, Southern Republican is uh, very much, he has the same sort of aura as Granola physically, um, but he doesn't, he doesn't act like that. Uh, Southern Republican is a He's a man. He's a man's man. Uh, very much in the fitness, and uh, we share the same career. Uh, very matter of fact. And we've actually had a couple phone calls and FaceTimes. And, um, we chat often throughout the day. But boy... Much like granola, it is, it is. You can't read read them one way or the other. Uh, he, in one of our text messages, I said, I. I said you're you're hard to read over text. Uh, or yeah, I said that. I also said to him that I, we were, talking about what we were looking for, and he said he wanted to share his life with someone, and I said, ditto, can I share my life with you? Sort of, you know, just out of the blue. His response was, if you play your cards right, which I thought was, oh, this is a little sassy. Okay. But I like that. So now it's a running theme in our text about playing cards and I often say he was be a great poker player. And most recently, I just said, you know, it's really hard to know if I'm playing my cards right with you. 
And his response was, ha ha, sorry, man. And then immediately says, how was your day? <laughs> so I'm like, what? Okay. So that's hard. If I was ever able to close a deal with Southern Republican, he would he would surpass Granola. He's a Southern Republican is uh, I really, really, really love that he is he's like a man's man. He would he looks like he should be married to you know the hottest girl in town and you know, making a bunch of kids. So he looks like um he's a big sports guy, fitness guy, travel guy. Uh, I think I would find so much enjoyment being a part of his life. And um but it's hard to tell with him. But that too has been about five days, so we'll see, I guess. And the last one is the narcissist. And the, uh, the narcissist came along a little bit after Granola when Granola was encouraging me to uh, find others because he didn't want to hurt me because Granola had taken a, a trip around the country on a bike and was kind of out of sight, out of mind for about two and a half months. But we still stayed in touch. But I said, fine, 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 you know. We'll see what's out there. And that's when Narcissus came. And Narcissus, uh, we actually work at the same place and we, uh, um, we would definitely be a power couple if we were able to, if we were a couple in our, in our organization, it would, it would be a thing. It would be a really popular thing, talked about thing. The narcissist, uh, with all of, uh, his narcissist is, uh, probably the most, uh, is the is the pure pure prettiest of them all. Um, the vainest of them all. And uh, but he 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 has the ability to be very sweet and very kind, very loving, very giving. But he has. A quality that is selfish beyond reproach that um, does not seem he doesn't seem to be interested in moving from that at all. Our birthdays are in the same month, and we celebrated his together, and mine came along a few weeks later, and it's as if he didn't didn't know, didn't care, and even when I brought it up, it was my fault. That was typical with narcissists. It's, you can better believe it will never be his fault. But I want, I, I, I like him. I still want it. I don't know why. I want what I can't have. Why is that? Why is that? Well, it's uh, late April and had a uh, 
talk was granola last night. And it was Sober. And this is so hard. Oh, this is so hard for me. I'm so angry right now. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. He finally, he finally opens up to me. After a year and a half, he. He finally opens up. Tells me that there's a guy he's seeing and he's in Canada right now. There's a guy he's seeing now, but uh, he, he pushes him away even more than he pushes me away for some reason, not always clear. Likes to talk about he's not gonna be in a place for very long, so doesn't wanna get too into a relationship. So he might like someone, be interested, but then he wants to always keep it in a, a distance. Because he doesn't want to hurt them. Because he knows he's going to leave. And he said he did the same thing with his first boyfriend in Anchorage. And he said he's doing it with me. So that was shocking. He's never ever said anything to me about any other potential guy. Now, of course, I would do things with other guys, but that's what he wanted me to do. And I never felt it with them, even though I might spend time with them or spend a, a night or a moment with another guy. Granola was always the one that was in my head. So I never would be able to really give myself to them. And, um, so I always felt like he was with me. And this whole thing from the beginning, I thought, was if I gave him time and space and patience and encouragement that he would slowly open up to me, which he did, only to reinforce you know, he doesn't want a relationship. And um, he then told me, and probably one of the most stunning revelations, he tells me about a guy from Anchorage that he met who was a drug dealer who did drugs, who seemed to be a complete train wreck. And was a, worked at a convenience store. And for the first time he, he used the word love. He loved that guy. That guy ghosted him and didn't talk to him anymore for five years. And then he finds out later that, well, he just broke his phone or 
he always has phone issues and he just didn't try to get in touch with him again. And I'm pushed away and treated like this poor soul because I'm going through a separation. That's, I look back and maybe that's all it was from the beginning. You know, we met and he liked me, I liked him, but in his mind, he he knew he would be leaving in a, in a week or so. And he always has jobs where he's, he's never in one place. And maybe he just thought it was that was just gonna be a a night and um, then you know we had a conversation. I tell him some things, and um I think the moment I told him that I was leaving my wife that his good West Side Catholic comes to the rescue to save or serve or help me and so he's gonna be there for me and listen to me and he always did but it was more out of I'm just helping this guy who's going through something tough in his life and of course I'm thinking this incredibly attractive guy who seems very interesting to me is caring for me. So I open up to that and open my heart to him. It deserves uh, so much, and you know, I think that I'm a really, really good person, and I've, I mean, maybe I'm a little arrogant, but I'm a pretty big deal. never would have thought in my life that I would be second tier to a drug dealer. It's unbelievable. It's disgusting to me. Like I put so much into would think of me like that. April 26th, late afternoon, early afternoon, I am in the basement. it to be to be over he's 
got other interests, I guess. Southern Republican is discarded, jaded, and cynical, and whatever everybody is these days. Southern Democrat is, he'll talk to me, but I can tell he's, it's not like it was, he probably feels, um, that if he gets close to me, that I'll, my heart will be somewhere else, he's just fine by himself, everybody's fine by themselves social beings all just want to be by themselves there's no way that that is right no way something's wrong with us the narcissist we uh, we started talking again and, you know he said all the right things and, and I still have a place for him. Um, but he's so busy, he's in and out. Nobody has time for anybody else. They all they want to dedicate their themselves to stuff that doesn't matter. I have a job, I like my job, but um, it does, it's not my life. Uh, I just don't know. I, I wonder if something's wrong with me. I'll talk to my good friend yesterday. We talked for almost three hours. Um, in Sacramento. Really good talk. It made a lot of sense. But I think we... There's still this... There's this relationship piece where... Because people are so... Whatever, but they're so emotionally disturbed. That was obviously a conclusion. We live in a society with tremendous mental health issues, and uh, it's un woefully underestimated. So, if you're going to engage in a relationship, you ought to be willing to move through some of that with somebody. Uh, you also can only take on so much of their unhealthiness before it makes you unhealthy. So how far do you go? When do you stop? So, um, I tended, I was a fixator. 
as I go deep. And I'm not interested in just frivolous scenarios. So those who I found interesting that I wanted wanted it all. It's just person after person like that. So when I think about myself, I sniff. What I don't understand is why that's bad. Why that doesn't, why does that happen? Now this is how it is. You might be this way for 10 years. This is my life. There's no way. But it's not going to be there. The older I get, the more I desire this, the more pronounced it is. 